Hi, I'm Chris Hutchings and I'm your host. Welcome to the 10Q Interview Podcast. In today's episode, I talk to the man who is taking the podcasting world by storm, the incredibly inspirational Mr. Danny Miranda. I took so much away from this one. It was a little bit like meeting your heroes. He's unbelievable. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. This is the first time you are here. I wish you a very, very warm welcome. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I know you're going to. If you do, let me know your favorite bit on social media at Tink You Interview everywhere you may look. And don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you are listening to this. It would mean the world to me and no doubt Danny as well. If you share this episode far and wide, there is probably at least one person you'll think of when listening who would benefit from hearing it. If there's any aspiring podcasters or content creators you know, definitely give them a share and let them know about it. Anyway, enough of me rambling. Now, onto the podcast. Danny Miranda, thank you so much and a very warm welcome to 10Q interview even. It's uh, lovely to have you on. How are you today? I am doing phenomenal and it's great to be here and I am so blessed and honored to be here with you. So thank you for having me. Oh man, my pleasure. Let's kick off straight away with question number one. You meet a stranger and they ask you what you do. What is it you're most likely to say to them? Today, I'm most likely to say to them, I'm a podcaster. I think that's the most succinct, clear, uh, and helpful way to explain to somebody what it is I do on any given day. So, uh, it seems to me as a mass generalization, right? A lot of people, podcasters, are kind of a secondary thing, right? Either to build up awareness of their business or themselves or whatever. But correct me if I'm wrong. You seem to be doing it. That's your sole focus, right? Yes, correct. And this is what's so interesting too. Is like. I even looked in Joe Rogan's bio and yep. on Instagram, he's got, I think, I believe it's stand-up comedian, mixed martial arts enthusiast, <laughs> and psychedelic adventurer, something along those lines, those three. Yeah. And then no, not podcaster, which I find just so fascinating since that is what I believe most of the world knows him as, as a podcaster. Yeah. So I, the reason why I bring that up is because it's like, we don't know what somebody devoting themselves as a podcaster actually looks like because right. we haven't seen that play out over a long enough time horizon. No, 100%. When, when, when you tell people that's what you do, what's, what's the sort of the general reaction? Some people are like, that's super cool. Some people are like, that's crazy. Some people are like, Yo, you make money doing that. Some people are like... Like I have so many questions, you know, so it's it's really cool to be in that position where it's like, I think because people inherently realize you're doing something that you inherently enjoy to do and that yeah. is attractive to people and has people light up in a way that you normally wouldn't get when somebody says, I'm an accountant or I'm a lawyer. Yeah. Not that those things can't hit somebody at the heart the same way a podcaster or podcasting can do. But yeah, I think it, it really gets people excited in a way, which is is cool. So what, what, what got you excited? What was your sort of thought process to say, do you know what, I'm really going to commit to this? So basically, I put out on Twitter, who wants to talk on the phone Yeah. about in July of 2020. And okay. I had so many phenomenal phone conversations with people that I was like, yeah, I should record these. And so I did record them and those turned into a podcast. And so <laughs> I what basically... Was, what, what was, sorry, yeah, what was your initial it. train of thought? Why did you do that? 
Do what specifically? Ask for phone calls. Well, it was peak COVID. And I also was feeling really, I was doing the things that I know that I knew I should do. I was, you know, I had a lot of self-confidence with myself. I had a lot of appreciation for life. I was reading, I was meditating, I was building myself. And so because of all those things, I was like, I have energy to spread to people in a time when people might be, you know, they might have sickness, they might have known somebody who had sickness. And so I just knew that I had something to give to people and I just wanted to learn from people. And so that's what kind of spurred the, the start of reaching out to people to see who wants to talk on the phone. And then, you know, I started recording and I was like, oh, this is my thing. Like, this is what I was meant to do. I love this. Not necessarily that I'm good at it, but I know that if I can do it consistently over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, if I could do it 300 something times, I'll probably be better than most people at it. And then if I could do it a thousand times, I'll probably be one of the best people in the world at it because very few people have done it a thousand times. So that was kind of my thought process and the unlock and it just got me so excited. What was your view of podcasts before that sort of aha moment? My view of podcasts was I had I started listening on and off to podcasts in 2015 or 2016 I want to say. Okay. With um, part of my take, the Barstool podcast with sports and just a really great back and forth with Big Cat and and PMT. And so that was my first foray into it. I think in 2016 or something around that time, I listened to Tim Ferriss a bunch. Yeah. I listened to Rogan clips often. And I, I was really interested in how do people communicate? I was always interested in that, but I didn't realize that I was interested in that until much later. Okay. So yeah, that was kind of my start into it. You mentioned a minute ago that you're, if you felt like once you get to 300 odd episodes, you'd be better than most. You're nearly there, right? Yeah. We're at, I just published 290 yeah, this I morning. It was about so. That. so where do you, where do you think you are compared to episode one? I mean, it's night and day. I've developed a voice, I've developed a style that I enjoy, and I know that what it is today is in what it's going to be like in many years, Okay. in, in the sense like I'll improve, I'll get better, um, Just, but it, it excites me so much because I'm like, oh, I see the, I see the work that I've done, and I, I know it, and I know it, it's, it's really exciting to me to, to see that progression because you go back and watch episode one. And then you, or listen to episode one, rather you can't watch it because I did audio only for the first 40 episodes. Yeah. But so you could listen to episode one and then you could listen to episode 296, which is coming out soon, which is with both are with my friend Tej Dosa. Okay. And you could see the difference. Like I could listen to the difference and know it. And so that's so exciting to me, watching the progression. Well, that was one of the reasons I wanted to get you on was because as I said to you before we started recording watching your journey is very inspirational. Like, and, I, and I've seen many people tweet a derivative of the sentence, Danny Miranda is the hardest working man in podcasting <laughs> or the most thorough man or... Uh, that doesn't happen by accident, right? I appreciate the kind words. Um, I just love what I do, right? I love, I love 
going into somebody's history and yeah. saying, okay, what is what is something about this person that I can pull out and that I can excite them or they'll laugh or they'll have some reaction. And I'm doing that because I get such a high when the other person feels seen yeah. and feels like somebody knows them at a deep level, right? How often do we go throughout our, our lives and we don't really connect with somebody in one moment? And so like to give somebody that mo that that place and time of connection because I researched their past in a deep way, yeah. it's like I feel confident going into any interview or any conversation because I know I've done more work than anybody who's talked to this person. So yeah, I mean, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you highlighting that. And it's and it's definitely core like I enjoy doing. I enjoy doing the work. So it makes it easy for me to to keep doing it. What, what what were you doing before your podcasting? So I had I was figuring myself out is the okay. best way to put it, right? <laughs> like I I had a, an e-commerce business that did really well, but it didn't fulfill me internally. Okay. I had I was going to become a personal trainer and I had a personal training business and then I was just like this isn't me at a deep level. Yeah. And so when COVID happened, I really tried to like figure out who I was. And by figuring out what I was doing as a child, it kind of gave me the path towards who I wanted to be. Fair enough. Just just to round off this question then about the whole strangers and podcasting thing. Have you noticed a difference? Um, and I guess the timeline's quite short, right? Even 2020, it's not that long ago, really. But have you noticed a difference in how people respond to you being a podcaster or the term podcasting or just, you know, just the, the genre as a whole? Yeah, it's a great insight. I think that in maybe 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, even maybe, yeah. it would be considered a weird thing or niche, odd right? or niche or not yeah. understood. It's pretty understood today. Like everyone knows what it is. Yeah. And part of me was like, oh, I started a podcast in 2020. Is it too late? And so I've been grateful to understand and also realize like very few people are going to put out three episodes a week. Very few people are going to do a thousand episodes, right? Very few people are going to do 300. Yeah. So that itself will lead to quality and people are attracted to quality. So do you, do you think it is too late? No, not at all. I think we're in the beginning of an industry in yeah, the sense too. of it's like, imagine living through the printing press for audio. Like yeah. we, anyone can create an audio file and publish it to the world. Um, if you look back into 1440, when Johannes Gutenberg created the printing press, that was the start of anyone being able to publish and distribute written word. And right. so if you talk, maybe podcasts are 15 years old. So if you talk to somebody in 1455 and we're like, all right, I'm going to write a book. And someone would say, listen, everyone's written a book. What's wrong with you? You yeah. laugh at them because we have the context of history. That's true. So podcasts are in this exact same place. 15 years old. That's brand, brand new. Yeah, it's funny you say about the whole um, 300 episodes and the, and the rest of it. Like my, my big thing when I started was I kept reading this stat that the average lifespan of a podcast is six or seven episodes. And I was yes, like, sir. right, in that case, I'm going to record 10 before I even publish anything. 
and I and I recorded ten and I had them all stacked up ready to go. And I was like, whatever happens, I am gonna push these out and I'm gonna keep going week after week after week. It's exactly to your point because I, I've kind of gone through life where I've started things, not quite finished them, started things, not quite finished them. And and you and as you get older, you look back on these things and you go, What if I what if I'd really given that a proper crack? And it's, my view is kind of the same with you at podcasting. I think that there is definitely legs still in it by by a long stretch. But my big thing is I will keep publishing episodes every week. Yeah. You living with what could have been, I'm in the same position as you. Yeah. I've done and started so many things. But I think the reason why they haven't stuck is because Passion. in a deep sense, in a deep sense, it wasn't me, yeah. right? Like I can... I can start an e-commerce business, but if that's not really me, if my in my nature isn't to sell stuff, that yep. is it going to actually land. When I was like six years old or seven years old, I'm creating a newspaper to or a newsletter to give out to people called the Sunny Times, which I was reminded of because I'm I was your questions that you yep. gave me helped spur that insight of like, what was I doing as a child? And what I realize is like podcasting is just a manifestation of that newsletter. Yes. And so I think it's really important if you're, if you're feeling joy, it'd be like, okay, like where is that joy coming from? It's coming for me at least as something I was doing as a child. Out of curiosity, when you prior to being a podcast, if someone was to describe you, would they have gone more introvert or extrovert? I think I've throughout my entire life, straddled the line between both 50 percent of each and you know i I was at a family dinner and we were talking about it very close with my family and someone was like oh danny's extroverted and someone else was like danny's introverted and i think the answer is i'm both but it just depends on the circumstance it's like i got books all around here i'm completely content going into a room and reading for a week at a time but I'm also content going to parties and having fun and enjoying life with people. And I, I just think for me personally, the experience of life is just way too broad. And there's so much that I enjoy that I can't possibly just pick one. What, I, what about you? I, well, I, I was, I'm pretty similar, actually. I think if you ask people, I'd, you get 50% saying both. But what I was going to sort of say was how much I enjoy podcasting. And it kind of goes against what might be introverted might be extra it sort of lands in the middle right yes and i love it i love the same as you i love just chatting to people where like if you and i met at some random i don't know event and someone said oh chris this is danny you'd be like oh hey danny how you going you'd be like yeah i'm good i'm like what do you do and you'd be like what do you do and you'd have this five minute spiel but you wouldn't really get to know that person whereas all the people i've um interviewed probably the same as you right you come away from it going Maybe friend is a little bit too far, but you definitely feel like there's people I know I've told stuff in my interviews that maybe my wife doesn't even know. Yeah. It's kind of weird, right? Well, what you point out is like the deepness of the connection is so much greater on a podcast than it is at a cocktail party or a dinner. And because of that, I think human beings crave that authenticity and crave that connection. And it's like, podcasting is a way for that to actually occur. Yes. And I, I found so often, it's like, I'll go to a dinner, I'll just be 
into getting deep into a conversation with someone and someone else will come over and yeah. I'll be like, oh, we were just getting to the good part. Like yeah, I was yeah. just so excited to listen. And you know, that, that's just the way it goes. But, um, I, when you are in a podcast, it's one hour or more of just full focus yeah, on, focus. on in the conversation, which allows depth to occur. And which allows the listener to be like, wow, that was really insightful. Or you to be a part of the conversation to be like, wow, like I really enjoyed that. Yeah, absolutely, man. What 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 do your family think about it? Has that changed since you started versus now? No, I mean, my family's always been supportive. You know, they've always been um they I mean, I, I've just got really blessed. You know, people talk a lot of the time about people not understanding and the world the world not getting it for me it's always been the opposite it's always yeah. been my parents grandparents family friends all been like oh this is amazing what you're doing is great and i don't know if the people who don't understand it are just not <laughs> telling me about it which That's is certainly better, right? possible <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah. but everyone i've spoke to that i'm close with has about the podcast and about any crazy other thing that i've done in the past has always been like yeah, that's really cool. Tell me more about that, which I, I'm really blessed for because I know 100%. that's not that's a unique experience. It is. They're the people you need around you in life, right? Mm -hmm. One last question about the podcast. I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit more before we move on, but I just I'm kind of geeking out about obviously uh, podcast interest. I'd be remiss of me not to ask this question, but if you could pick any guest, who's your who's your sort of moonshot guest? Moonshot guest. Right now, I really. I've gotten into a huge Rick Rubin thing. I, just like his creativity is phenomenal. The way he's impacted generations of musicians just really is inspiring. Okay. So he's he's definitely one of the people at the top of the list. Obviously, you have the Ferrises, the Rogans uh, that I'd love to interview. Lex Friedman, just like as a fan of podcasting, just uh, to talk yeah. to them would be so cool. I was going to say the same thing. I think what Rogan and Ferris have done for podcasting is just, it's just incredible, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. I'm a huge fan of them. Um, but also like people like Jocko, David Goggins. And so to me, it's just putting in the work, continuing to build and, and uh, knowing that if you build it, they'll I've come. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's, and it's, and it's almost, it's it's almost like I can't I can't agree for them to come on. The only thing I can do is just focus on the work and yeah. focus on what's in front of me, right? So that's kind of how I think about it. Any 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 of them in the pipeline that you can talk Not about? Not at the moment. Okay. <laughs> I mean, but but honestly, a dream guest that is in the pipeline and is coming on in January, and I would have told you this like a year ago that this person was a dream guest is Morgan Housel. Oh, Morgan nice. Housel is a, a phenomenal writer. He wrote The Psychology of Money, one of my favorite writers. And he, you know, I've heard you talk about I've heard you talk about that in podcast episodes in the past. <laughs> yeah. So you know it's real. It's like, and so he we have a date in and, and early January. I'm so excited for that. Like I just I'm in shock. You know what's crazy to me? Yeah. Is that I was going through the my emails with uh with Ryan Holiday okay. the other you know last week and I emailed Ryan Holiday and I saw that on your Twitter about his book. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. 
And so what I didn't post was a follow-up email to Ryan where I sent to him, you know what would be cool? If there was something called mentorship, which is just a one-on-one conversation with people like uh, authors and and people who were really thoughtful so people could gain more information and wisdom in their own life. And that was October 2014 is what oh, yeah. I'm emailing to Ryan Holiday. So yeah, I was, was going like, to say, for anyone who didn't see your Twitter, you were saying about how you emailed, uh, you tweeted him in 2014 about uh, a book review and he had, was it 300 <laughs> reviews or something? And, yeah, and now yeah. he's got like 18,000 or something ridiculous. Yeah, he had, he had 300 reviews. He was, he was sending me an email to get to his 300th review. That's it, yeah. And, and so the next week I send him like, yo, like, you want to come on the phone with me for one hour to talk about uh, like mentoring, like to give a mentorship to young, young people? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm literally just creating that resource today yeah. that I was emailing Ryan Holiday about in October of 2014. <laughs> it's insane. It is insane. Yeah. Um, I will move on. Otherwise, I will just pick your brains about podcast for hours. We can, we can, um, we can do it. I kind of, I'm sort of guessing I might know what the answer is to this next question. But if you weren't a podcaster and could do anything, money was no object, what would it be? Yeah. So, uh, I have two answers to this. Okay. I'm so curious what you think. I thought I you were going to say, no, man, I'm all in on podcasting. <laughs> well, that that is correct. I am all in on podcasting, but. The, the truth is, I would either be a therapist or a journalist. Interesting. And, and it's fascinating because podcasting's the the combination of both of those things. Yeah. For me, pers- the way I do it, and just doing it publicly. So, do you, do you think then? For I mean, you obviously listen to a lot of podcasts, like I do. Hmm. I have this hypothesis that the best podcasters are people who allow their guests to talk allow them but more so actually they feel comfortable to open up and actually share stuff that they maybe wouldn't have shared or thought they were going to share more importantly yeah i think it's such an important piece to podcasting the way i i like to do it and it's i feel and so like this is credit to you like i feel so comfortable talking to you I don't know why, but I just feel like an <laughs> openness and just like I just I how your that. energy. And so the I think the the key role of a, a podcaster, especially in interview style, is to be at peace with yourself. Yeah. So you can exude that peace to the other person. And also from how I do it is like doing deep research to let the other person know I'm on their side. So but they're that, willing that's what to, a therapist to share. would do, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly right. And I guess the flip so, side of that is the journalist who would investigate. Exactly. And so when I realized like I'm the combination of those two things, yeah. It it like unlocked it it helped me understand myself more. It's yeah. like that I enjoy talking to people about their problems or talking to people about solutions and helping other people, but also I, I enjoy investigating and and sharing that investigation with the world. Yeah. I changed that question recently. The question used to be quite a derivative, you know, what did you want to be when you grew up? And I didn't I never really liked the question, so I I changed it. Mm. 
And I'm glad I've changed it. You're the second person I've asked that question to now. And both times a more uh, rounded answers come out or a more interesting answer. Because, you know, when you wanted to be a kid, like, I don't know, what do you want? Some sports or you wanted to be like a pilot or something. And I'm sure there's people who have gone on to do that. But where I find it really interesting is you're, so you're the second person I've asked that question. You're the second person whose answer was actually not some random, um, you know, professional football player or, you know, lying on the beach in Bali. It was like genuinely related to what they were doing now, which is kind of weird, but also good at the same time. Isn't that so fascinating how... I mean, it's, the a short, contents, it's a small experiment, so... <laughs> well, well, but the, the contents of a question could be virtually the same, yeah. but how it's asked could get two virtually different answers. Yeah. And that, that to me, is like, that's magic. Mm-hmm. Because you're basically saying the same thing or almost the same thing, but you're getting two different things. Like, yeah, yeah. that's a, a superpower. And so that's why I keep a list of great questions in my in my notes because yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is just this is just magic. Getting people to open up like this and getting yeah. people to understand. So whenever I'm on a podcast, I hear a great question or I'm listening to one. I just jot it down in this file. There's probably like I don't have no idea, fifty to a hundred great questions. And so you gave me ten questions. Those are going straight in the file too. And if you just like, if you if you refresh those, if I refresh those, if I'm yeah. looking at that that note, I'm just like, okay, like. This is a question that's going deep in my subconscious, so that maybe it'll pop up at the appropriate time. Or, or you could build on it, right? It might just be, or it might trigger a th- thought in your mind that goes, oh, "I do like that aspect of it." But if I add this onto it in the end, it's an even better like question, right? Yes, yeah, I was having a conversation with someone the other day. Like my last question, I I borrowed from another podcast, and we were talking about the um, I don't know, I guess ethical ethics behind it, and I was like there's not a podcast around where people don't regurgitate questions. It's getting to that point now where it's almost impossible, right? People are going to get asked similar questions. But when you put your own slant on it is when you're, when you make the difference, I think. Yeah. I, it's interesting. Like I don't, questions to me are, questions to me aren't so proprietary. Right? Like, yeah. I don't view it as like, I asked a question, so you can never ask that question as well. It's like, it's interesting. I, it's I don't almost view what them as like the intellectual answer, right? property. Yes, exactly. It's the answer that matters. Yeah. And and then obviously the the question that comes as a result of that answer, and it's almost that, that road you go down, isn't it? I mean, for me, these 10 questions have always been a starting point, and it's never been like the Tim Ferriss where it's like your, your, your bullets at the end of the podcast because that wasn't what I wanted yeah oh, it's funny and and also it's like I'm, I'm happy you did it that way because when I when I uh for, when you first sent it to me yeah I was like there's so much that's going to be lost if the podcast is literally just these 10 questions but then it's like if that is just the the kickoff to what a conversation is, then that's the depth. That's the yeah. that's the juice. And so, well, well, for me, yeah. Danny, the, the the key was I I've been a podcast for many a fan for many years, right? And I always wanted to start one, and I never really knew the angle to go down. Hmm. And I'll be more than upfront and honest with you. Like I love the way you do it, but 
because it's for me, it's a secondary thing along with my businesses. I, I haven't got the time. Yeah. Because I think to do it properly, I think you have to do what you're doing, right? That full on research piece. And unless you've got a team behind you helping you, that's a really timely um, uh, undertaking. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I never really knew what I wanted to do. And then I, I don't know if you'll remember this, you probably will, but about, I think it was about a year ago, Terry Crews released a book and he went on, he started doing the rounds on the podcast. He went on Ferris, he went on Rich Roll, he went on Stephen Bartlett, he went on all these things. And he, and they asked him all these random questions about his past, but it always came back to him promoting this book. And it mm. really annoyed me because mm. I'm a big Terry Crews fan and this isn't a criticism against him, but what happened was he ended up giving the same answers on every podcast. So all these podcasts I had in my feed, literally word for word, something he'd say to Ferris, he said to Rich Roll. I was just like, this is BS, man. This is like, why? That's not what I want out of a podcast. And I thought, I want to talk to interested people and I want to learn about them, which is why I came up with the 10 questions because I thought then I can just, they're my starting point and I don't have to do as much research. And that's not to say I don't do any, but it's a conversation starter. And then I can get deep with people. Um, but yeah. I think it the reason why it annoyed you and it would annoy me as well, like hearing the same answers over and over is because part of the reason we listen to podcasts is for the creativity of the speakers. Of course. And people creating something in the moment that is real and authentic and can help us understand our own lives. And if somebody's regurgitating the same thing over and over again, they're not creating anything new. They've already created it once. It's and a then PR they're just... exercise, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm totally the same, man. I just... I. I want to learn people want to learn from people and that's why I love the length of a podcast right you can get deep and ask those questions yeah but anyway we'll move on before I get on my soapbox about it tell me something about you that not many people know yeah so what came to mind for this question was the you know 6 years old writing a newsletter called the sunny times which was just out there to I don't know why I even created it. I have no idea why I'm like what, what six or it? seven. It was the latest what was happening in, in the news and sports. It was a two-page like front and back that I would go around and sell for five bucks around the neighborhood. It was like my version of the lemonade sale was creating the sunny times. You know, I I think it was when I I remember like very distinctly being in kindergarten or first grade and turning to my friend and being like, you know, my parents read the New York Times every day. Why don't we create something that takes over the New York Times? And so that was the sunny times. And so you're how old? Kindergarten or first grade. Like when I say that this is in me, like to be a journalist, to to sell media or to create media, like it's in me. Like, you know, when Gary Vaynerchuk talks about purebred <laughs> entrepreneur, like he's purebred, like that's what he was doing. Yeah. I was like, I never had anything like that. And then like I put the, I connect the dots and I'm like, oh shoot, like I was doing that. But it, media was, and creating content and writing and journalism, that was my avenue that has always been inside me. And you, and you were doing this when you were five or six, four, five, six? It's five, like either kindergarten or first grade. So it's five or six. Like watching my parents read the New York Times and being like, 
I want to be the thing that they're reading. Like the New York Times did this. So like, why can't I? Like the New York Times got my parents to purchase a subscription and read them every morning. So therefore, I should be able to do that too. Look, that was I, how my I, brain I, worked at six years old. I mean, that's just incredible. I just, I mean, I've, I have a five-year-old daughter and I just can't imagine her having that train of thought. So talk me through it. So you actually wrote some stuff up and got it printed. Yeah, I mean, I, I had Microsoft Word. So I just, I was like, all right, what are the sections in, in the New York Times, right? It's like, all right, we got the the news section, we got business, we got sports, right? So like the weather and I was just, going through it and i and i just created this front and back and how many and editions was, were there that's a good question i don't know i don't know how many there were i and i would be making it up if i told you but i just remember my grandma sending it to me and just <laughs> uncovering it once and i think also like another key piece to this is i didn't have <laughs> this is going to be sound funny i didn't have the discipline to like stick with it like well, you're five, man. The attention span <laughs> of a five-year-old is not is not the greatest. Well, you know when I go back to the things that I didn't stick with. Yeah, I started a blog when I was thirteen called Command Your Time, and that was like a time management, happiness focused blog where I covered Gary Vaynerchuk, and that was like the newsletter but online. And so that was something that I stuck with for three months. Dude, and you're, then you're, I, you're you're what they call an old soul, aren't you? Like, yeah. My wife so, talks about this with my youngest daughter. She's like, yeah, she does things, and my wife is convinced she's been reincarnated because she's like, she, her mind is just what an older person would think. And you're the yeah. same. Like to to have that mindset at firstly five or six, and then at thirteen, yeah, it's kind of incredible. How old are you now? I'm 27. Okay, and so. So what I, I, I mean about the discipline is like, okay, so I did command your time for three months. Then I did this blog called Nick's Vision, which was covering the New York Knicks yeah. and covering the latest and in what they the New York Knicks were doing, the NBA basketball team. I did that for, I believe, a year and a half. And so, or two years, either one or the other. And so, like, and then I stopped doing it because I wanted to go to college or university, as you guys call it. Yeah. And, and just... I wanted to experience life before just like writing about it my entire like like I knew I could have been 15, 16 and then been on ESPN at 25 if I just like head down and did it and yeah. but I I really wanted to have a normal quote unquote normal college experience and and then I was just like and then it took me to 25 to get back to the place that I was at 15 or 13. So in my head I'm like, "Oh, what could have been?" But I, I'm also like very happy with the experience that I had as a normal well, what did university you student. What did you do at college? Nothing. Like nothing of substance. <laughs> like I partied. I, you know, like I didn't study as much as I should have. I was just like, I know this is a vacation of sorts. And yeah. I know I'm going to work my ass off when I am in that place of like actually getting to work. So... I didn't no, do anything. Knowing what you know now, would you, and, and if you rolled it back, would you go Would you go to college again? Yes, I would because it made my parents really happy and it. Okay. I was doing it for them. Like, I don't think it was right for me and it took a lot from me in the sense of whenever you're doing something that you don't inherently enjoy 
and you know it's not right for your soul, yeah, like you're going to push against that. But I love my parents so much, and just even though I disagree with me going for me and my own personality, and I would have done more in that time had I not gone to college. Yeah, I still am happy that I went because I love my parents so much, and it makes them so happy. Do you know what though? I mean, the, the skills you learned there, like. Are probably what are supporting you now, right? Whether yes. that's talking to people or listening yes. to people and all that sort of stuff. So there's always a positive to come out of it, I expect. A hundred percent. I and I made friends that will stay with me for the rest of my life. So there are yeah. no regrets from my end. Out of curiosity, well, what do your parents do? They're both lawyers, attorneys. And it's funny because I notice so much of what they do in what I do, right? Like they research a case and then they ask pertinent questions so that their side can get the best result. Yeah, I do that too, but I just do it in the lens of like happiness or becoming the best version of yourself or learning how to do business or, you know, like I I do it myself. The the same skills that they have, I just do in my own way, which I find fascinating and I didn't connect those until I was like a year or two into it. So have, have you discussed that with them? Yeah. Yeah. We, we talked about it. And it's just like, oh, like that's where that skill set is coming to be. Like I just didn't realize. No. That's funny. It's <laughs> <That is> funny. <laughs> um, Danny, tell me about what has been one of the most pivotal moments in your life. So when I was 15 years old, I when I was writing this Nick's blog, I started gaining some traction after a few months. So basically what happened is I was writing about the Knicks. Yeah. And I was like, okay, how do people come to my website? How are they gonna find it? So I started and created a Twitter account. Okay. At, and then I was like, all right, okay, so how are people going to know me? And it was the off season. So I started interviewing the reporters because I, I noticed this opportunity where the reporters didn't usually get, no one asked the reporter what they care about. But the reason why they're, they're caring about all these players is because they inherently want their own opinion to be shown through yeah. in some respect about the sport. So I basically went to every reporter on Twitter and was like, I want to interview you. And it was the off season. So they were free and they were able to oblige me for interviews. So I built up this website, built a following from interviewing the reporters and also covering the latest happenings for the New York Knicks. Okay. Three months later, the season is, is about to start. And so I send an email to the Knicks media department and I was basically like, look, I got this many people reading my blog every day and I would like to interview the players for media day because all of these other reporters are going. Okay. So they were like, yeah, like your, your stats show that you can, you can come. So my mom and dad have this big argument over whether you, or not. How old were you at this point? 15, 15. Okay. And they have this argument. 
you know, Danny shouldn't be in, should be in school right now. Danny shouldn't be in school right now. You know, and they go back and forth because it's during a school day. I don't, I don't remember when, what day of the week it was, but they end up coming to the conclusion that I can, I can go. Okay. And so my mom, bless her heart, takes a day off of work, drives me. There's no Uber back then. There's no way to get there. My mom drives me an hour to media day so I can go and interview some NBA players. I show up there and everyone's like, wait, who are you? <laughs> I'm like, kid. I'm damn random. Nick's vision. This is, this is who I am. You know, this is, and they're like, oh, okay. Well, I guess in that case, like, here's your pass, you know? And all the reporters are like, wait, this is the kid that we've been emailing back and forth and doing interviews with. And they were like, they couldn't understand it. Like an NBA player is asking me like, why aren't you in school? What's going on? The New York Daily News writes a blog about me. And in that moment, I knew I could never get a real job. I knew that I couldn't like do, I could do more than what the people around me were doing. Yeah. Inherently, I was saying to myself, okay, I'm 15 years old and all the other 15 year olds are, they're at school right now. Every other 15 year old. And the, a lot of them are Knicks fans. So like, why am I having this opportunity? What's making me get more? And so that was just such a pivotal moment from like a career mental shift perspective, from an acknowledgement perspective, from an accomplishment, from just a connection with my mother. Like I was just, that moment is so, so ingrained in my head and it's just so important to everything that I'm doing today. I mean, I, I've not heard you talk. I mean, I've listened to a lot of your content and I've never heard you tell that story. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, and I yeah. guess that underpins kind of the way you go about business today right it's it, it sort of shows you you can get in the room with people if you put in the right if you put in the work and go about it in the right way yes and so you know people ask me like like are you insecure talking to these people and are you like are you nervous I was 15 years old interviewing my heroes in the yeah. NBA players and I wasn't nervous. I was like, I belong to be here. Like, look, the stats show, you know, you gave me this pass. Yeah, you've earned it, right? And, and I've earned it. So yeah. I, I think uh, it's just, it's just so important. Like, like having that underpinning and having that as a foundation for everything I'm doing is just like, it's, it's like, oh, I was meant to be doing this in some respect. I mean, right there is why I love doing podcasts, right? I mean, that is just an amazing story. And you could have glossed over that with some random, oh, you know, well, when I did this, when I was blah, 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 blah. So firstly, thank you for sharing that. It was unbelievable. Secondly, when you talked about New York then, and Gary, you mentioned him earlier, I just, I kind of have to ask. I remember you, the Gary V, um, you got Gary Vaynerchuk on your podcast, right? Yes, sir. And I think the story behind this is just amazing. And I would love it if you shared it with, uh, with the audience. Absolutely. So when I was 13 years old in the... See, it, it all comes together. Your parents, like, this, man. Your parents just go, oh my God, what is he doing now? <laughs> so when I was 13, I wrote this piece about Gary Vaynerchuk. And I, I was really attracted. I was probably the only 13-year-old watching a wine library tv show youtube show i was probably the only 13 year old that was doing that and so 
I just was really attracted to his energy, his enthusiasm for life, the way he, it seemed like he put his family above everything, the way he, his consistency, his work ethic, like it all really inspired me. Can I just interrupt quickly? Was yeah, he please. Was he as sweary back then as he is now? I think so. I, oh, okay, I think fine. so. So 2009, right? So I'm, so I, I write a blog post about him. And then in 2015 or 16 with the, the Knicks blog that I talked about, yeah. he, I saw that he was having a book signing in New York City. And so that was during a school night. And my parents were like, you're not going to a book signing in New York City. You're crazy. Like, this Wait, is another 40 minutes. Just, just, just outside New York, right? 45 minutes okay. outside New York City in Long Island. Okay. And and so my parents were like, you're, you're crazy. You're not going to a book signing on a Tuesday night. You're out of your mind. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, I understand. So I tweeted to Gary and I was like, at Gary V, my parents won't let me come to the book signing, but you know, wishing you luck, like hope you have a, a great night. And he was like, he tweeted me back, what's your mom's number? And <laughs> he calls her on the spot. <laughs> and and uh, did she know who he was at this point? No, she had no idea. Okay. And so she doesn't answer, but he leaves her a voicemail. I wish we had the voicemail to this day. It would it would really make for some incredible content, but yeah. that voicemail unfortunately got lost. Um, and so I met him. We took a picture together, and it was just a, a very... So she changed ver- her mind, and they took you to the book signing. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's a very important... So yeah. I went to the book signing. You know, my parents were like, all right, if he, this dude is willing to give me a call, like that's enough to push me over the edge to drive 45 minutes on a work night and 45 minutes back, you know, like my, my mom's the best, like truly the best. And, and the action show it more than anything, like yeah. the support and the admiration I have for is, is incredible. So I go to the book signing from this phone call. Now, fast forward 10 years later, I'm building up my podcast. I've done 30 something episodes and I tweet out a list of my dream guests. And this is in December of 2020. I said, you know, my dream guest is Gary V and, and a few other people. And then I, someone is like, yeah, it would be sick for you to have Gary V. And so it triggers something in my head of like, oh, I wrote a blog post about him yeah. 12 years ago. So then I go back to the archives and I pull up the blog post. I take a screenshot of it. I say like, yo, I, I've been I've been following Gary V for 12 years. Look, I had an eye for talent back in 2009. <laughs> and I screenshot that. He follows me. I screenshot that he follows me. People go crazy saying this is wild. Like he should come on the podcast. Enough people do that. That he eventually does come on. And... He, I tell him the story on the podcast about our he history. Didn't, he didn't realize who you were, did he, at that point? No, he, he had no idea. But when I told him, it all connected. And you could see the video version. My first podcast ever is him realizing like, oh my God, you're that kid that I uh, called his I, mom. I, like, I haven't seen so. the video version, but I've heard, I've listened to it. And it's unbelievably good content. <laughs> you can hear him go, what? He, he twigs it and it's all so genuine and so amazing. Oh, it's 
brilliant. I practiced explaining that to him probably 20 to 50 times in the shower <laughs> that, you know, when I heard he was coming on. Uh, but yeah, it was just like that moment is definitely worth watching. And I'm so happy we have the video too, because you could see it in his face. Like, oh my God. Um, and so it, that story, like I will always be a Gary Vaynerchuk fan because of just his kindness and support and just his ability to connect. And uh, I'm really grateful just for the whole thing, exactly how it went down. Like, I just feel really blessed to be in that moment. It's interesting you say that about being a fan. It kind of, it always amazes me how people want to badmouth him. <laughs> and, I, and I never really understand it. Like, I just, yeah. I guess I do. People just, it's kind of either a jealousy thing or whatever. I don't know, but it always amazes me how many people want to jump on to just like say bad things. Like he has a style, right? There's no doubt in that. Yeah. But he never says anything horrible about anyone. I know. It's crazy. How can you, how can you, it's so bizarre. Yeah. And, and for a long time I was like, I was in college and I was like, I don't, I could never operate with that much empathy and compassion and kindness and work ethic. And I was like, I'm never going to be able to do that. And then I started to meditate and I started to gain more self-awareness and I started to gain more compassion for myself. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I really do understand what he's talking about. He, he's never meditated. He's, I think he's meditated like four times in his life. <laughs> but through meditation, I was able to get to the level of compassion and empathy that he has for himself and the world around him yeah. for myself. And I was like, oh my God, this is my way. And so it really excited me. Like if you're looking at somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk and you're like, how does he do that? And you haven't tried meditation, I would implore you to do like 20 minutes a day for 90 days straight and see if you can understand his world a little bit better well we kind of segue in very nicely onto the next question then (laughs) and you might have already just put a massive spoiler out there but the question is is there a tiny habit or practice that has had a positive impact on your life or work yeah it's like 20 minutes of meditation a day can transform a human being and that is that's it's not asking much because of how much time we're giving to Instagram, to Twitter, to podcasts. All the stuff is like amazing. Listening to the world around us and yeah. learning and but like spend some time for yourself. Like listen to yourself. And if that's twenty minutes a day of just journaling nonstop, free flowing, like do that. But that that's been the meditation specifically has been the one unlock where I've just understood myself so much better, understood my past, understood my future, and understood myself and been kind to myself. So I can't recommend that enough. How how long have you been doing it for? I started in September of 2019. September, October. And And so pretty much every day since. Yeah, 20 minutes a day. I mean, like on and off in the past year. Like I have not been consistent in the past year. But having the foundation of it in the beginning of the journey, 2019, 2020, figuring out myself, 2021, yeah. so impactful to give me the place that I wanted to go, right? Like, to I didn't know what I wanted to do in life, which is crazy to like think about. 
three years ago, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And now I, I want to do it's that crazy. No, it, it's, it's not crazy at all, but it's just like, I'm so sure of what I want to do now yeah. that it's just, it's night and day. And so meditation was the unlock to get me to that place. And what, what, um, cause there's obviously lots of different types of meditation, right? So what, what's your style or discipline that you go down? Yeah. So I'm not honestly too familiar with disciplines, but what I do or what I did was 20 minutes focusing on nothing. Like when I would have thoughts, just come back to nothing, whatever nothing means, you know. So, like you're, that's not, so you're not using like calm or headspace or anything like that. You're just quiet, lying down. No, just a, a kitchen timer. Okay. It's just like where um, I'm seated on a couch and I just have a kitchen timer set to 20 minutes. So then I, that was how I started. And then I went into doing 60 minutes in the morning, first thing, but I would just let the thoughts go. So I wouldn't go try to go to nothing. I wouldn't try to go in. I would just like watch the thoughts, whatever they were. Okay. And so that, that's a Naval challenge. Naval Ravikant put that challenge out on Joe Rogan. Okay. And so I did like uh, a year basically or nine months of 60 minutes straight. Wow, that's a lot, right? Yeah, it was a lot. But it was it was also like this was it was incredibly I learned so much about myself and I'm don't know if the podcast would like I started that challenge before starting the podcast. Okay. And I want to give credit to that challenge for helping birth the podcast because it helped me get really clear on who I wanted to be and gave me energy and it gave me a ability to just give love to other people in a way that I never had before. That's pretty amazing to hear. That that question originally it kind of has two parts to it. Was it has there any, been anything you've tried that had no impact or something you thought would be really good and actually you tried it, it was like nah. <laughs> yeah, I mean where where do you want to start, right? Like <laughs> I've I've tried so much, but I don't nothing comes to mind where it's like that had no impact. I'm I'm sure there are many things that I've tried or done that have had no impact, but nothing really comes to mind. Okay, fair enough. Like, um, fair enough. Let's talk about superpowers. Okay. I believe everyone has one, at least one superpower. What would you say is yours? I would say connecting with human beings. Okay. Um, would you have said that if I'd asked you the same question five years ago? No, probably not. I don't know what I would have said five years ago. Okay. Um, do, you, do you think it's like a learned superpower then? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you do it enough times, you yeah. you get you know pretty decent at it. Um, but also, I think I think another superpower is just like understanding the how much better you can get at something just by sticking with it. Yeah. Right. Like. 10,000 understanding hours. exactly yeah. understanding that even if you start off not so good at something kobe bryant started out well, you're not going so to, good right? at basketball. everyone is not good at something straight out the gate yeah and so understanding that it's really just the hours you put into it so therefore try to pick something that you're going to inherently enjoy doing and so understanding that like i'll never forget for example 
I started lifting weights when I was um, in college. Okay. And my friend, like, who's like way more naturally strong than me, I went and lifted with him. And I'd been lifting for like two years. Okay. And then we lifted together. And he hadn't been lifting at all because he's naturally strong. And I remember lifting more than him. And I was like, huh, what is going on there? Like, he's stronger than me. Everyone would say that he was stronger. He started out at a, with a better natural physique. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, it's just the two years of work I've put in has overtaken that. And so I just found that fascinating, that concept. And it just, I applied to podcasting. I applied to meditation when I was doing it. And I was just... I was applying it and I do apply it to anything. And just having that ability, this my superpower is knowing that I can do that, that I can stay with something long enough, do the boring things long enough to get better at that thing than most people. It's like it's like that quote, and I it always gets misattributed. I don't know if it was Steve Jobs, I don't know if it was um I can't remember who it was, but the quote might have even been Naval, actually. But it's something along the lines of people underestimate what they can achieve in 10 years. Yes. But totally overestimate what they can achieve in one day. Yeah. Something like that. I, I've heard Bill Gates say something oh. similar. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you open Instagram and you get all these quotes that are just like, <laughs> so-and-so said this. But yeah, and it's true, right? And it's... Yeah. And I guess, you know, 300 odd episodes in now, it's just yeah most people well this is what i was saying earlier right most people give up after three or four episodes for one yeah. reason or another yeah it's 44 percent. i was looking at the statistics have three episodes or fewer it's like okay like that's that's good to know if you want to be a podcaster like you see that there's four million podcasts out there but like are there actually no no they're eight percent of all podcasts have more than 10 episodes and have published in the last month. It's like, <laughs> there's there's so little competition, but also there's so much competition between those 150,000, Yeah, right? Like, it's such an interesting dichotomy of like, there's no competition with most people, but then of that 8% or of that 1%, there's a lot. Like, there's a lot of people who are high level at it. And do you and know so, what as well? Because it's there's a lot of there is that competition. Why I kind of think about a lot is the fact that there is that competition. But it's because it's long form content as well. It's hard to like time is finite, right? So if I've only yes. got if I you know, maybe I've got a commute of an hour where I'm gonna listen to a podcast, it's not like I can go, Oh, I'm gonna listen to Danny, I'm gonna listen to Joe Rogan, I'm gonna listen to Rich Roll, I'm gonna listen to Tim Fred. Because you're like most most episodes are two hours long. Yeah. You know what's fascinating though? Is how more time has gotten unlocked in the past three years. Yeah. This is this is what I mean. One is that people have gotten more comfortable playing podcasts at 1.25, 1.5, 1.75, or 2x speed. So that's inherently more time to listen to more. Yeah. And then the other thing is AirPods. AirPods have are now so widespread in Bluetooth technology that people can play podcasts where it's not connected to their phone, which is more time than they otherwise would have, right? Like if someone was doing laundry 10 years ago or five years ago, it yeah. would have been much more effort for them to connect to the their phone so that they could actually listen to a podcast. But today it's a lot less effort for them to listen to a podcast while doing laundry because yeah. 
it's more easier to to connect, which inherently is more time to listen. Here's a question for you as a podcaster to a podcaster. Do you listen to many podcasts? Yeah, I, I listen to so much. Like I love podcasting. I love communication. But I also understand the people who don't listen at all. For example, Rogan listens to none, I think. It's like, so so my, I, my problem is, sorry, my problem is that I, since I've started my own, I listen to my own when I'm sort of checking it to make sure once it's been edited or whatever. For and sure. I don't listen to anywhere near as many as I used to. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, there is. I hate it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like you, right? I love listening to podcasts. And it's, it, it's one of my, of all the positives I have of doing this, and I love it 110%. Mm. My biggest gripe, if there was one, was I'd listen to less podcasts than I used to. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Hasn't yeah. been my experience at all. I've, I think I've I listened to so much more now that I have my own. Do you? But um, Who, yeah, who's on like, your who's in your feed? I think I put out my. Oh, you did. Dickie, yeah. Well, that's how Dickie, I thought this came about. Because you <laughs> well, were in Dick, mine. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. But Dickie Bush uh, uh, asked last night, like, what was your favorite podcast in 2022? And I think I gave him like seven answers. I was or ten. I was like. I did. I didn't see that. Rogue. Well, I mean, I it was just a reply to a tweet, but it was like Rogan, My First Million, Tim Ferriss, Lex Friedman, Impulsive, Full Send, uh, Bradley Martin's Raw Talk, Lex Friedman, my, the Personal Trainer Podcast with Mike Vacanti and Jordan Syatt. Like, I listened to so much. Founders with okay. David Senra is one of my new favorite. Like, yeah, you, you tweeted that one the other day, didn't you? I, I, yeah, I lined a couple of those up. Yeah, they're so good. They're so good. I, and um, the reason why I could listen to so much is like doing it at 2x speed. Like that's part of the... <laughs> like. Do you think that takes I, away any of it, listening to it? Because I've, I've heard mixed reports of people's <laughs> views on that. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I'm not here to evangelize 2x speed. Yeah, I'm, I'm not here to evangelize like going through a podcast faster. I'm also not here to take it down. Right. Like that's just what I do. And I don't think it's right or wrong for everyone. I just think it's right for me in this moment. Oh, that's a that's a good answer. That is Danny. <laughs> that's a practiced answer. Just on the on the subject of Dickie Bush. I was I was telling someone about him the other day and I described him and what him and Nicholas Cole are doing. Incredible. I said if you write content online, the value that those two guys are giving out on their YouTube channel is second to none like it is beyond fascinating the stuff they those guys are sharing like totally free of charge and totally um i mean obviously there's kind of a lead gen for 30 for 30 but mm. i don't think that's the real reason i don't know but mm. the content they put out is just unbelievably good what's been the most insightful thing or the most interesting thing you've learned from consuming their stuff just about writing in general. I mean, just I, I I have a plan for 23 to sort of maybe go down this personal branding, um, just putting out more content. And I guess the biggest thing I've taken away from them is actually how to come up with enough content and to make it interesting and to make it not boring, I guess. Mm from just me like to a certain extent who cares what chris has got to say so 
and if I keep banging on about the same banging the same drum week after week after week with my LinkedIn posts or my blog posts or whatever it is, people are like, oh my God, this is boring. <laughs> but they, they have this stuff with, um, oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's action, affinity, something or other. I'd have to check my notes. But like they, they just everything from how to write, what to write about, it's just incredible. Like, and I'm just I'm getting into Nicholas Cole's part of this category pirate stuff. I don't know if you've seen any of that work, but I just started going down that rabbit hole. So it's just there's a lot of people sharing a lot of stuff online, right? And most of it is not always anything but a total lead gen to whatever product they're working on. Yeah. Whereas I feel like what Dickie and Nicholas are putting out is just, I don't know, and I'm probably totally wrong, right? You could ask them, they go, no, 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 it's totally legion. But you almost <laughs> feel like what they're putting out is purely almost for the greater good of making people better writers online or better content creators. Yeah, it's funny. Like you can almost get the sense of when people are operating from the position of like, okay, I'm going to create a course first. And yep. then I'm going to sell that course and and then I'm going to like they go it in the reverse. Yeah. Versus it feels like Dickie has gone about it where he's just like exploring his curiosities and then yeah. that led to the course. And I think there's something much more authentic about that and it yeah. feels much better from the consumer perspective. I hundred percent agree. And I'll tell you what amazes me is when I look at their YouTube channel and the their view count is not that high really in, in in comparative terms yeah but i think those guys are gonna totally blow up at some point 100 percent. i'm with you yeah. they, they whatever they devote themselves to they will succeed at yeah, and i, I think dickie is is getting into 2023 he's going hard on youtube on his personal youtube channel as well so okay. i have uh i have high plans and i i've i can't imagine him not succeeding at anything he does ever like he's that good, and I so agree. I'm a I'm a huge Dickie Bush fan. Me too, man. Me too. Um, let's talk about soapboxes and what topic is guaranteed to get Danny Miranda on his soapbox. I think what came to mind for me for this question was the we're living through the audio and video printing press right yep. now, and it's a massive opportunity. And even though it feels like everybody you know is a content creator or a podcaster, I like we were talking about before, I think it's just so early and it excites me so much because imagine if everybody had a social media account I, or if, if everyone had a podcast the same way everyone has a social media account today, yeah. like that would be a crazy world where we're just scratching the surface of, imagine it's like instead of 4 million podcasts, there's a billion podcasts. It's very hard for us to grasp that, yeah. like what that actually could look like, but it's possible, right? Like it's possible well, for, for. I guess that you look at YouTube, right? YouTube's a good example. It's probably the same, yeah. the same um, theory, but just a bit further down the track, isn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. we were talking about it the other day about I don't know what your YouTube habits are, or TV habits are, but my wife and I were talking about it, and we're we're both a bit older than you. We're probably of that generation that's come into the content world a little bit later. Mm. But I was saying to her, there is so much good stuff on YouTube. I could get rid of television and I, I, I genuinely, I probably wouldn't care at all. Yeah, 100%. I, my generation doesn't need television. No. 
It doesn't. It's and there's so, but, but what I was trying to say is, I guess the podcast is the same theory, right? It's like yes. YouTube five, ten years ago, it was, uh, I don't know, selective maybe. I guess not as much stuff out there. But now you look at the content out there, you could easily keep yourself occupied for hours and hours and hours, days even. And I guess podcast is the same, but just a little bit further behind. And that's not even taken into account where you still start putting your videos out on YouTube as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think you're right in the sense of video and YouTube being a little further along. And I think there's something like 40 million YouTube channels or 50 million YouTube channels. What does the world look like when there's a billion YouTube channels, right? Yeah. Like it's crazy to think about. But if we're really living through the audio and video printing press, it's only a matter of time until that actually occurs. Well, it is. I mean, if you look at all the guests you've had on your podcast prior to podcast or take podcasts out of the equation, where are they getting where are they getting publicized? You know, newspaper articles, TV, maybe occasionally. But yeah, yeah it's the future's bright, isn't it? It's very exciting. And whenever I get whenever I talk about that with somebody, I just always like I light up because it shows the potential, the future. It combines technology and where we're going and it makes me feel like, oh, like this is this is gonna be really a really different but also a very exciting world that we're about to live in in the next ten years or the okay. next twenty. I'm gonna swap the next questions around because I think it feels like it joins quite nicely on. Um if you and I spoke again in ten years <laughs> and you considered it had been a really successful decade for you, what what would have happened? That my family and everybody I love was still alive. Like that that is success for me. And it is the grounds for everything I do is just like like yeah, life's good. Like the interview that I did was bad that I recorded with somebody like or i think it wasn't great like it's all good like my family's healthy my family is alive my family and you know i've been very fortunate in that very few people that i've been related to have passed away like my one of my grandmothers and my great grandmother like those are the only people who have been close to me that have passed away in my yeah. life and i just feel really blessed for that to be true and so if in 10 years that is still true, if I'm 37 years old and I haven't lost anybody, like that would be a successful decade for me. And um, yeah, I mean, that that's number one. That's the most important thing, truly. That's a lovely answer. That's not what I was expecting. And that's not any <laughs> reflection on you. That's just, that's, I mean, that's a great answer. Yeah. Okay, hey, so how about professionally? I want to sell out Madison Square Garden. And I, I really do want my grandparents to be there to see it. My grandmother... As a uh, live live podcast, you mean? Live podcast, yeah. My grandmother is 82. So, and she just got over COVID. She just beat COVID. And my grandpa just did as well. So Solid. <laughs> so, nice. you know, and they're very healthy and they're active. And so if they could see a live podcast with their grandson at Madison Square Garden Live... Um, that would be that would be incredible, and I think given the nature of podcasts, given the compounding nature of not only my work ethic and and how how much better I'll get, but also the audience will attract by doing it for so long. Like, why not? Right? Ten years isn't a isn't why a crazy amount of time. Yeah. No, so. Have you have you looked into any um, live shows? 
I want to do one in Austin. You know, I, I've gotten recognized now in Austin twice, which is an interesting experience and hilarious. Um, you just for the people who don't know, you've just moved there, right? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah, just moved to Austin, and I've ran into like seven people that I followed on Twitter just randomly. So it's a beautiful place for me as a podcaster, as a person, um, and so I want to do one here. I think it's just like the perfect place to to just or maybe even just a meetup, like just to meet the people who I'm connected to in the area. I think you'd be surprised how easy it would be for you to organize and and execute that. Yeah, I would love that. I, mean, and, I, don't, uh, I don't know if it's a regular thing over in the states, but there's a few British podcasters who are doing that already. I, um, I'm paying attention to Stephen Bartlett, who yeah. is doing a tour. Like, I'm not at that level to go and tour around places yet, but you know, it's cool that he is setting the blueprint for that. Is, is there any other podcasters that do that? Yeah, high performance podcast with Jake Humphrey and Damien. Ah, oh, forget his second name. Um, who else is I mean Stephen what Stephen Bartlett is doing Same. in the podcast world is just incredible. I like, agree. The guests he's getting on are just I mean he is taking it to a whole new level with with his guest booking. I just I don't know, it's just in, and he's good at it as well, which is kind of almost annoying. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but he he he's one you know, he he's, he's incredible. On, he's on that list that is inspirational right is just yeah. and, and you know who as a podcaster very much at the beginning of one's journey aspires to be and you know what i love the most is you look at someone like him and okay he started from a little bit of a a, a higher ground because he, he sold his company and he already had that personal brand but when he was when he started his podcast he was talking to himself in his bedroom so to That's, show, so to see what he's done just shows that actually there is um, like a blueprint, or you know, he's 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 forging that path already, which is great for the rest of us. I think that's a really important thing to note for in general for anything you're doing. Yeah, when what it is in the beginning is not what it will become if you stick with it. Yeah, and I think so often we try to create the path before doing the work. We try to figure out what it will be like yeah. when this happens, but we haven't even done enough reps to actually figure out what it, it actually should be. I only know the direction of the podcast from doing it over and over and over again. And that's why people give up, right? Because yeah. where their expectation level is, is up here. But like you said, they haven't done the reps and, and got better to, to get anywhere near it. Yes. And then they're, they're, they're disappointed. Yes. And it's... It's very much like if you can if you can be at peace with what it is yeah. while also striving to just make it a little bit better every day or every month of being like, how can I make this slightly better? Right? Like I I'm Go curious. On, let me, if let me you, ask you, how do you how yeah. how would you make yours slightly better? Okay, so I want to take you through the journey and the progression of what it was okay. to where it is today, right? So first thing. I started with a Skype call, audio only, with a microphone, right? Like, that was it. No video or anything. Then Gary V says he's coming on the podcast. So, all right, I'll, I'll do video. Then video gets added. Okay, so I'm start posting this on YouTube. Okay, after YouTube, it's like, let me add, I can't remember what was next. Maybe timestamps. 
timestamps to the episodes. Okay, now let me add clips to the episode. Okay, now let me do it in person. Okay, <laughs> like so a no. slow progression of like, like right now, for example, you ask me what I could do better. One is like, how do I distribute the content better on social media so yeah. that it gets great exposure? Another thing is like, how do I have a sick background like you? Uh, just like what I realize is that you just need to pull things from different people and slowly that will create the path of what it's supposed to be. So yeah, that that's what comes to mind. But listen, like I know it's just a matter of time. You just got to keep doing it. But let me ask you a question then, right? So do you, how do I phrase this? So I look at what you're doing, right? And I look at how you're doing it and I, I've seen this path, right? I've followed you for a long time and I've seen or I've heard your, your Skype versions of what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. As an aspiring podcaster, I look at you and I think, do you know what? Danny is going about this journey how I think it should be gone about. And then I look at your social media numbers and the rest of it and something doesn't add up to me. And, I, and I, I, I'm trying to ask this sensitively because I don't want it to come out like I'm being an ass because I, I want no, you to know no, I'm no. not. Be, be your, ass, numbers, your numbers to me... I don't understand how you're not further along this this evolution of being a podcaster. Yeah, I mean... Do you, do you think about that? In some respect, yes. In some respect, no. I mean, I think I'm tremendously underrated. And I also think that you have to... It, it's a couple of different things. One, it's like a moment. A moment in time hits you at the right place at the right time. Yeah. For example, like Chris Williamson getting on Rogan was like a moment that yeah, catapulted him, him up, to, right? to another level. But like before that, it was like first he had Jordan Peterson on the first time. Yeah. And that was, I think, three and a half years into his journey. I'm at like I'm at two years and four months. Right. So it's not like like his moment, his moment of of really taking him to the next level was having him on the first time, Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And then it was like, oh. Jordan Peterson again with an incredible studio setup. And that was probably like four years into it. Right. So I think we kind of get we kind of get tricked into like how long it actually takes. And and when you're early on someone or something, like yeah. you've been with me and I really do appreciate it. It's like it seems like it's underrated. Yes. And uh, I don't know. I just think it, it's just a matter of time. And it's just it's like it's only been two years. And four months. Like, think about that. <laughs> no, I, I, I get that. And I just, I think underrated is a good way of putting it. I look at, and obviously, you know what I mean? I, I, I have a very limited view of what you're doing, but mm. I, I see the guests you get on and I see the question, and you are underrated. And I'm trying to not make this a Danny Miranda fan club, but <laughs> it kind of annoys me. And I just wondered if it, not, annoys me is probably the wrong word. It, yeah it makes me think about things. And I just wondered if you thought about it as well. No, I mean, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the, I don't spend a lot of time thinking like, oh, I'm so underrated. This annoys me. This, this frustrates me so much because I should be further along the path. Yeah. I should have more followers. I should have more attention. I think about it like, all right, today is, Monday, December 19th, 2022. Yeah. Let's attack today. 
Let's attack this week. Let's do as good of a job as we can this week to get the best guests we can, to research the guests that are coming up as best of our abilities, to be present with ourselves, to ask interesting questions like, what can we do about it in this moment? Not necessarily like, the world should be giving me this because I deserve this. It's like, all right, we're at 290 episodes. How do we get to 500 by next year? Right? And I, I think people... Uh, the the virtual the NFT artist is a great example of this. Beeple was like doing everyday uh, visuals for 14 years, and he was getting traction and, and people were paying attention. But it really wasn't until that big moment in um, late 2020 or early 2021 where he sold a painting for 69 million dollars that people really understood him and people asked him like, okay, so you're underrated. And like, when did you think the attention was going to come? You've been doing it every day for, you know, 10 years, 11 years. And he's like, honestly, I thought at year 20, it would come. If you do it every day for 20 years, like that's when people would really notice. And he had fame and he had connections and he had, you know, niche fame, but it wasn't like widespread. Most people knew who he was. Rogan invites him out. Like, I think that was a really good indicator of like, oh, like he's been doing it every day for 14 years and that's when he got his moment. So it puts it in perspective for somebody who hasn't been doing it every day for two years and four months. No, fair point. Fair point. It just takes longer. It takes longer than we think it does. Oh, it does. It does. And then you'll blow up and everyone will be like, oh, look, it's overnight success. (laughs) And I'll be like, I remember Chris, early supporter, early day one, you know? I have a, I have a question it. for you. Last one of me picking your brains, I promise. Have you ever not published an episode? I don't think so. I think I just put them out there because I I want to show the real, this is what I was at at this moment. Like yeah. I, I really do want to document that process and so that people can really look back in 10 years and be like, oh, that was his level at episode 27. Yeah. Or that was his level at episode 200. Like, wow, I can't believe that. Like, he's so much better now. And so I really want to really want to show that for people, the progression. That part of it really excites me that the RS feed is there. So I just publish pretty much, I think I've published every one that I've, I've recorded. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. What's the best piece of advice you've ever heard? I was struggling with this one when I was thinking about this one last night. Okay. Um, we, let's reframe it then right we've got someone listening to this who is thinking they want to start a podcast or a youtube channel or something they want to interview people what would be your advice to them it takes longer than you think it does um but and and constantly to ask yourself are you getting enjoyment from this process mm. i think that's just like and it's okay to say no it's okay for for it not to for you not to get enjoyment from it like and you don't have to do something for 10 years like you can quit things that's completely fine that's allowed in life and not to beat yourself up for that the reason why i keep coming back to podcasting is cuz like this is inherently what i feel as if i was put on this earth to do and so yeah. i think i think yeah. the enjoyment factor gets forgotten about very often 
Yeah. Right. You know, you sort of see whether it's yourself or whether it's Rogan or, you know, like in YouTube, like the Casey Neistat's of this world. And you think, oh, do you know, what? I'd love to do that. But actually, not everyone, when you actually go and do it, not a lot of people do enjoy it. And I guess that is why most people quit after three or four episodes of podcasting. Yeah. And, and like you, I actually, I was chatting to someone about this the other day. I actually enjoy doing this. Yeah. And if it never got beyond, uh, like a significant um listeners or significant mm-hmm. whatever, I don't think I'd really care. Like I kind of quite, I don't know what my goal is from this. I don't, I've got no idea what yours is, but I quite enjoy doing it. So if if nothing comes of it financially or um clout worthy, then I, it doesn't doesn't bother me. Yeah. But that, to your point, right? I enjoy doing it, which is kind of the most important factor of it all. Well, Gary Vaynerchuk has said before that he doesn't think about growing something until he's been doing it for two years. I was okay. like, oh, that's wild, right? That's wild to think about. That's like, that's, I was like, okay, now we're at the two year mark. Like, this is when it starts, you know, to grow it to, and it's also like with the three or four episode thing, I think that it's important to do it long enough so that you know you don't like it. Yes. It's not fair to go to the gym three times and say, I don't like working out or I don't like doing this specific type of exercise. Mm. But if you do it a hundred times, if you lift weights a hundred times and then you're like, this isn't for me, then I believe you. you? Exactly. You need to give the thing a chance for it to fester into something you enjoy doing. And you shouldn't expect to enjoy doing it the first 100 times you do anything. You shouldn't expect to enjoy your first 100 meditation sessions, your first 100 times lifting weights, your first 100 yoga, your first 100 podcasts, your first 100 YouTube videos. Don't expect to enjoy that. But then if you don't enjoy 101, I actually believe you in the yeah. sense of you you don't like doing that thing. It do gives you, know, you much more credibility. Yeah, agree. Well, credibility, that's what I was going to say. You speaking, it reminded me of... Um, I listened to a podcast once where they were talking about being guests on it, right? And the guy was saying, he goes, I will not go on a podcast that's not had more than 10 episodes. And they're like, because I want to know that they are taking it seriously, that they enjoy it, that they are actually Mm. doing it. And I think that's important, right? Because there'll be people who are trying to get guests on their podcasts straight out episode one and two and three and struggling I think, oh God, like no one wants to talk to me or no one wants to come on my podcast. But time is precious for a lot of people and they want to realize that actually it's just not a waste of their time. Yeah. I, I've said to somebody before who's an incredible, would be an incredible podcaster, great listener, communicates really well. I was like, I'll be episode 10. And that was, you know, Did now six there? months ago. You know, like just never, never got anything from them because you know what either they didn't enjoy doing it they didn't have the discipline like i didn't have the discipline to keep doing things at 13 like they're just not in that part of their journey where they could just say they're going to do something and do it and it's a shame because it's wasted talent it's wasted um just like learnings from people and so i i feel that and I think Seth Godin said he, he'll go on any podcast that's done it a hundred times, which reminds oh, me I need to reach out to Seth well, there Godin. There you go. There's your guest. Uh, <laughs> you, you had me, Stephen Bartlett, I got to re-reach out to as well. So let me write these down. <laughs> uh, 
You're helping me, Chris. Well, You're helping me a lot. Stephen Bartlett, he's, he he comes to the States every now and again. for um, He did a few. He did an LA version where he... Uh, I can't remember who he got on now. Yep. But he did Lewis Howes. I, yeah. I saw that. I'm not a bunch of... Uh, bunch of people um i would do it virtually with him as well so gotta re-reach out to him because he he has agreed to the podcast in the past if he messaged you and said danny i'll do it but you gotta jump on a plane to london are you in well chris it's almost like you i'm getting chills right now yeah this is so weird so i've never told this story before or maybe once or twice stephen bartlett wanted or had agreed to come on the podcast before okay he's got a team of like i don't know 10 to 20 people and so it's very hard to schedule with him for him to come on yes um he ended up i had it scheduled with him the podcast to do it at a certain time a few different times him, him huh. to come on your podcast. Him to come on my podcast virtually, like three or four different times, but okay. it fell through. It didn't work out, and he didn't come on. But then one day, I get a message or a calendar invite for me to be invited to a Stephen Bartlett uh, taping of Diary of a CEO. Okay. And I was like, I don't understand what this is about like he he has a 10 to 20 person team yeah and so i must have accidentally been invited to his taping i bought a plane ticket and was ready to get on the plane to london to attend this taping but the email got deleted oh, and the, no. the calendar invite got deleted so i took that as like all right like they noticed but I was like, oh my God, like I'll, I would actually, I was actually about to show up if the invite had not got deleted. And uh, it's funny, it's so funny that you bring up like, would you get on a plane to see Stephen Bartlett? The answer is yes. And I was about to do it. And I wasn't even the one that was supposed to interview him. <laughs> he does do, because um, I don't, it's funny. So we, we went to see one of his shows. Um, I took my wife and we went. And it was incredible. It wasn't a podcast. It wasn't a live podcast. It was an actual show. And it was more about, almost about his life story. And I went into it. We, we both went into it. No expectation. We didn't know what it was. Hmm. It was incredible. Like truly, truly incredible. And as a result, I got into, um, he's got a Telegram group. And I, I somehow got into that. We got to meet him beforehand and all sorts. Very, very lovely. But he keeps putting in his Telegram group about how he has people from his fan base, I guess, come in to watch recordings. So it might not just been his team. It might have been um, they have people come in to watch, oh. which is cool. Yeah, maybe that that is it. Maybe That's you should invite him to Austin and he could be the first live, um, live guest. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I got to reach out to him after this. I definitely will. You should do. Um, I mean, talking about, look, so my last question, as you're probably well aware by now, is borrowed from his podcast. And what's really funny is when, when I, so the last guest who I had on asked this question, I was like, oh, 
I, I have a very wide range of some ask very serious questions and some ask very non-serious questions. And yours is a very non-serious question, <laughs> which I don't mind so much because I feel like we've covered a bit of ground. But the question to you, Danny Miranda, is would you rather be attacked by 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? And I can't believe that I'm asking you that question. A <laughs> hundred, a hundred uh, duck-sized horses. Horses, yeah. I would just be too intimidated by the one that would freak me out. If the if the duck was that big, it would freak. Like I felt like I could, I could uh, kick him away. Kick him away, exactly. So definitely the smaller, even though there are more. I I felt like I feel like I could handle that better. Oh. I feel like that's a wasted question for you, but <laughs> it is what it is, and I have to stick by my rules. Um, Danny, I mean, it obviously probably comes across in this whole podcast about I'm a massive fan of you and your work, and I, I want to thank you so much um, for taking the time out of your day. to. It's probably pretty early for you. Right? What's the time in Austin? I think it's 1030, 1034 right okay. now, AM. Um. But yeah, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out and it's been it's been incredible uh to chat to you and get to know you a bit better. If anyone's listening and they're not familiar with you and your work, where should I point them in the direction of where's where's the, the best place? The, the Danny Miranda podcast is the number one place. All the social media links are are uh they'll come and go, but the podcast will stay over a long enough time horizon. So check out the Danny Miranda podcast wherever you listen. Excellent. Thank you so much, Danny. Thank you for having me. This was a real pleasure and I'm really grateful for you, Chris. That was 10Q interview with Danny Miranda. If you made it to the end, thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm sure the fact that you're still here means you did enjoy it. I hope my total fanboyishness didn't come across too badly although I suspect it might have done. Um, feel free to share any thoughts on any of the social channels at 10Q Interview everywhere you may look. That's all from me for now. Make sure you subscribe to wherever you're listening to this and the next 10Q Interview episode will be live in your feed very, very soon. Take care. Bye.